The Boston Bruins will be featured on 14 nationally televised games in 2022-23. On today's episode of Locked On Boston Bruins, I'm going to rank them from 1st to 14th in terms of interest and what we should be looking forward to. Let's get into it, shall we? Your Locked On Bruins, your daily podcast on the Boston Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily show where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. I want to thank you so much for making Locked On Boston Bruins your first listen every day. The podcast is free and available wherever you get your shows, so please do smash that subscribe button on your favorite podcast app, as well as on YouTube, where you can find bonus breaking news content, as well as immediate reaction from trades, signings, and after regular season games, beginning, you know, in just uh, over a month now. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Quick reminder that if you are on social media, you can find the podcast at Locked NHL Bruins on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, my dad jokes, and hockey tweets at Ian C. McLaren. Like I mentioned off the top, I'm going to rank the 14 nationally televised games coming up for the Boston Bruins here in 2022-23. And also uh, briefly chat about a Trent Frederick interview that was featured in the Boston Herald, courtesy of Steve Conroy, uh, last evening with some pretty interesting quotes. But let's take a look at these games, shall we? And I think the easiest way to do this is go from the top to the bottom uh, to add some context to my decisions here. Number one, the nationally televised game that I am looking most forward to this season is the Winter Classic. Pittsburgh Penguins at the Boston Bruins live from Fenway Park on Monday, January 2nd. This game will be featured on TNT. I'd love to be there. Let's just say that. Uh, Hoping to make it work. But most probably, I'll be sitting home at, on my couch watching this game like the majority of us. And, uh, you know, it's just special to be able to watch the Bruins play in an outdoor game. The last time they played outdoors, Lake Tahoe, uh, they made an incredible spectacle of their entrance, dressing up in 90s garb. Uh, that was a beautiful scene. I'll never forget that Charlie McAvoy goal that was seen from above. Um, and I'm very much looking forward to seeing the Bruins take to Fenway Park for the second time uh, this century, I guess. Of course, they played at Fenway back in 2010 against the Philadelphia Flyers. A very memorable game highlighted by, by Marco Sturm. 
and uh, should be a great time once again. The one of the reasons why Patrice Bergeron came back this season was a chance to play at Fenway, another Winter Classic for the Boston Bruins, and uh, hopefully they can erase the previous one against the Montreal Canadiens that was not as successful over at Gillette. So that's the number one game I'm looking forward to. Winter Classic. All hockey eyes will be on that game that afternoon. Hopefully the weather's great and uh, the Bruins come out with the win over the Pittsburgh Penguins, who, of course, are owned by Fenway Sports. Coincidence? I don't think so. Now, the second game on my rankings is Thursday, March 9th. It's on ESPN Plus and Hulu, and it features the Edmonton Oilers. Listen, anytime the Bruins play against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers, it's a must-watch. They only play twice, sometimes once a season, and... Um, you know, if you know my origin story as a Bruins fan, it dates back to around the time that the Bruins and Oilers played in the Stanley Cup final, 1990. My sister was a huge Oilers fan, so I really dug into my Bruins fandom at that time just to, you know, be an annoying little brother. It has stuck, and, you know, to be able to see Patrice Bergeron trying to shut down uh, Connor McDavid, Brad Marchand will be back by then going up against Leon Dreisaitl. Just fantastic, compelling stuff, and I cannot wait to watch that game. Number three on my list, season opener, Wednesday, October 12th. The Bruins will be visiting the Washington Capitals, TNT, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. We all know that the Bruins won't be at their peak on opening night. Charlie McAvoy will be out of the lineup. Brad Marchand will be out of the lineup. Matt Grizzlick most likely as well. But still, it's opening night, and you want your team to get off to the best possible start. The Capitals will be without Tom Wilson, who is recovering from injury as well. So perhaps the uh, dramatics won't be there. Zdeno Chara. No longer a Washington Capitol. Hasn't been for last season either. Uh, so not quite um, as emotional as it was even a couple years ago. But still, opening night. Who can't wait for that? I, I'm so psyched to see these Boston Bruins back in action. David Krejci's first game in black and gold in some time. Uh, Pavel Zaka's debut at the team. Uh can't wait to see who's named the starter. Jim Montgomery's debut as Boston Bruins coach in the regular season. So it's all there and all very compelling. Uh, let's round out the top five here before we take a break. Sunday, April 2nd, Boston Bruins at the St. Louis Blues. TNT, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. I don't know about you, but I still get emotional about the St. Louis Blues. We'll never forget 2019, Game 7. Just cannot stand this team because of the feeling that they stole a Stanley Cup from 
the Bruins some key saves by Jordan Bennington, who has not been the same since, which makes it even more frustrating. Why couldn't he have regressed for that game? Uh, Torrey Krug, still a St. Louis Blue as of right now, despite some reports that he could be moved. Um, so that's always one to get excited about. I'm going to lump five and six together here. Saturday, March 11th, and Sunday, March 12th, the Bruins will be playing back-to-back afternoon games, a home-and-home against the Detroit Red Wings. The Saturday game will be on ABC, the Sunday game on TNT. Now, the Detroit Red Wings are much improved uh, heading into this season, on paper at least, and if this team lives up to the hype, these two games in March could be pretty meaningful uh, in terms of the Atlantic Division playoff race. Uh, so back-to-back, home-and-home against the Red Wings, March 11th, March 12th, uh, could be meaningful. And I'm excited to see. It's always cool to see a back-to-back, home-and-home. There could be some emotions carrying over. We know these two teams have mixed it up in the past. Uh, so those could be very entertaining. And, uh, you know, March not really ready to get outside quite yet, although March 11th is my wife's birthday, so hopefully uh, can plan something for later in the day. Before we get to the rest of the nationally televised games, a quick word about Bet Online, your number one source for all pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let's go through the remaining nationally televised games. At number seven, I'm picking a Saturday, March 4th game against the New York Rangers. I don't know about you, but I always get up for games against the New York Rangers. I love this matchup. Boston-New York should be more of a rivalry than it is in hockey. We know it's a rivalry in baseball. Um, Can't speak as much to basketball and football, but Rangers, Bruins, always compelling. And, um, you know, part of me keeps thinking about if David Pasternak isn't re-signed, that the New York Rangers would be a team that would be big in on him uh, just to add to some drama this will be around or after the trade deadline who knows but that could add some uh, intrigue as well but even still on paper it's a late season game Uh, these two teams could be battling for playoff spot and i'm pretty excited about that one thursday march 2nd just two nights before that game espn plus hulu game against the buffalo sabers Uh, The Sabres, like the Red Wings, I think will be maybe a bit improved this season. They have a good young core of forwards. Defense, very high-end guys. Rasmus Dahlin, Owen Power, a bit weak 
apart from that. But I always look forward to Sabres and Bruins games. I think uh, the Sabres are a team on the rise. Buffalo is a very passionate hockey market, and they deserve a somewhat competitive team. I don't think they'll be in playoff contention this year, but I do think they could surprise. I think they could be better than the Red Wings. Uh, they could be challenging the Ottawa Senators for, you know, fifth spot. I don't think they're a playoff team, but still uh, should be more competitive. We all know there has been some history between these two teams in terms of forward on goalie violence. And uh, I think the Sabres see the Bruins as a measuring stick, an organization they want to emulate, and uh, they'll be wanting to put on a good show here. Thursday, November 3rd, the Bruins at the Rangers again. I always enjoy watching these two teams play. Uh, this one a bit down the list for me because McAvoy, Marchand, not likely to be in the lineup yet. Saturday, February 11th, this is the 10th game on my list. The Washington Capitals at the Boston Bruins. These two teams have already played each other uh, by then. Marshan Wilson should be back in the lineup. Yeah, maybe I'd put this one over the uh, first Rangers game. But at this point, yeah, they're all kind of the same. <laughs> uh, we have Saturday, April 1st, Tuesday, November 1st. The Bruins will be playing at the Pittsburgh Penguins. One game will be on ABC at 3 p.m. Eastern, another at 8 p.m. On ESPN, that's the November 1st game. I don't know, the Penguins-Bruins matchup is kind of interesting. Kind of similar teams. You know, the Bruins, Bergeron, Krejci back in the mix. Uh, the Penguins relying still on Sidney Crosby. They re-signed Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang. Both teams kind of probably passed their Stanley Cup windows, but also trying to... Harken back to days of yore. Shout out to the classic Bruins blog of that name. And, uh, yeah. Should be some entertaining matchups still there. Always fun to watch. Crosby, Malkin, Latang. 13th on my list, Bruins at the Islanders. Islanders games are always such a slog to watch. This is uh, not fun team and I don't think they'll be as good this season still and I just have no interest in the New York Islanders society has moved beyond the need for the New York Islanders plus we always get these boring old Matt Barzell tweets and uh, I'm just kind of sick of that and and kind of over it 14th on my list just because of the opposition. It could be meaningful because it's an April 9th game against the Philadelphia Flyers on TNT, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, it's against the Philadelphia Flyers. I think the Flyers will be quite bad this season. Despite bringing in John Tortorella as coach, I don't think that's going to work out. They brought in Tony D'Angelo. That relationship will probably sour pretty quick. The only reason why it could be compelling is because the Bruins could be in a playoff race, need those valuable points, but I think the Flyers 
will be a team challenging for the Connor Bedard sweepstakes this season. And um, well, it's always fun to watch the Bruins play the Flyers. I think they'll be one of the lowest ranked teams in the NHL this season, and uh, that's why I've put them at the bottom. Could have easily put that Islanders game at the bottom as well. But again, the top three I'm looking forward to the most. Winter Classic, Edmonton Oilers at the Boston Bruins on Thursday, March 9th. Season opener against the Washington Capitals on the 12th, just one month and three days from now. And then uh, Bruins at Blues as an honorable mention in the top three on Sunday, April 2nd. Going to touch on this Trent Frederick article in the Boston Herald, as well as look at some athletic fantasy projections for our Bruins here in a moment. But I want to thank you again so much for making Locked On Bruins part of your day every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked On NHL podcast. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world with Locked On NHL, your 30-minute NHL podcast. So Steve Conroy of the Boston Herald had a great interview with Trent Frederick of our Boston Bruins. One interesting thing that he broached was his relationship with former Bruins coach Bruce Cassidy. Um, President Cam Neely talked after the season about young players being afraid to make mistakes in assessing Bruce Cassidy's performance as head coach. And, you know, you think automatically of a guy like Trent Frederick because he was one of the mainstays in the Bruins lineup that would be considered one of those young players. Frederick said his relationship with Bruce Cassidy was quote-unquote fine, and he put the onus on himself for overthinking at times. Frederick said it was a hockey relationship. I guess it was normal. I think maybe sometimes, and this is a quote, I was more worried about him more than the game, if that makes sense, trying to be a people pleaser. It's normal for someone in my position, he said. He was a good coach. He knew the game really well, so I've got nothing negative to say about him. In terms of Jim Montgomery, Frederick said he's been awesome so far. Once the season gets started, uh, he seems like he'll be a good communicator in the sense of what he wants. Frederick has talked to him a little bit about how he wants the team to play and what he wants Trent specifically to do. Uh, more transparent. That was the hardest thing for him. Sometimes it was not transparent. For him, he's trying to figure out the right time to bring the sandpaper. Not necessarily dropping the gloves, but bringing that hard-to-play-against presence. He does have some offensive upside in his game as well that he's trying to tap into. Uh, you know, sometimes he got too aggressive, took some penalties, Um he said there was a lot of second-guessing. Hopefully, he can get rid of that and just go back to when he was in Providence, when he thought he was doing a good job of balancing grit and offense. He thinks he's lost a bit of that, and he just wants to play hard, not necessarily being an agitator, 
But when the stuff happens, you're there. Um, Trent Frederick enjoyed playing with Charlie Coyle and Craig Smith uh, in February, March, when that line was instrumental in helping the Bruins solidify a playoff spot. Could be a line that's reunited to begin the season anyways with Brad Marchand on the shelf, Pavel Zaka on the uh, on the second line. Or sorry, the first line. He said he was playing free with them. Uh, they're good guys, easy to play with, and he enjoyed that. He's a restricted free agent with arbitration rights next summer. Try not to think about that already. It's a big year in general for the team. He thinks they have a really good chance to make a run. They have the roster for it. And um, team success breeds individual success. And at the end of the year, the chips will fall where they will. So expecting some positive strides here for uh, Trent Frederick this coming season. I wouldn't think he's quite fantasy relevant. I did download the Athletics Fantasy Projections and found a couple things interesting. Um, they had David Pasternak scoring 41 goals and adding four, 44 assists, 85 points to lead the Bruins in scoring. Uh, Patrice Bergeron, another excellent season on deck. 29 goals, 37 assists is their projection. Despite missing some time due to injury, you can pencil Brad Marchand in for 24 goals and 38 assists. I did find it interesting that they had Taylor Hall down for 19 goals and 39 assists. That would be down from his 20 goals last season and 41 assists. I can't see him taking a dip in numbers with David Krejci back in the mix. I could see him pushing for 25 goals, in fact, now that he doesn't have to play the playmaker role on that line and David Krejci will have Hall and Pasternak to choose from when dishing the puck. They had Jake DeBrusque and Craig Smith both scoring 18 goals. I'd probably put that higher for DeBrusque maybe a bit lower than Smith. They had Smith with 20 assists compared to 16 for DeBrusque. If DeBrusque is on the top line, he should just have more numbers than Smith, especially if he's getting some power play time as well. Newcomer Pavel Zaka, they have him down for 16 goals, 23 assists, which would be a nice bonus for sure. And uh, David Krejci at 12 goals, and 34 assists in his return to the Boston Bruins. I should note, 16 goals will be one off Pavel Zaka's career high. 23 assists would be also one off his career high. So they're projecting him to uh, find some consistency in his offensive game. 39 points. For Zaka, if he does hit that, would be a new career high. Although I do think he has even more offensive upside than that. All right, that's it for today's episode, my friends. I hope you're all doing well, taking care of yourselves, taking care of each other. I have a fun weekend on deck. Three-pitch, end-of-the-season tournament tomorrow. Then we're celebrating one of my nephew's first birthdays on Sunday. Uh, Hoping to check out the latest Lord of the Rings episode tonight, House of the Dragon on Sunday. 
And of course, today, Season 5 of Cobra Kai has dropped. I just love that show way more than I, I should. <laughs> and uh, I can't wait to check that out uh, with our 10-year-old who also loves it. It's just the perfect... If you're doing like a TV reboot or bringing something back that has nostalgia, advancing the story, they do it perfectly, in my opinion. All right, that's it, friends. We'll be back next week with three fresh episodes before going back to five episodes a week on September 19th. And I'll bring you all the latest on the black and gold here on the Locked On Boston Ruins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Bye.